Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Flatiron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. This show is brought to you by Flatiron's Tuning, your source for any aftermarket or OEM Subaru parts. Be sure to check out our store at flatironstuning.com and stay tuned with Flatiron's Tuning. All right, well, welcome back everybody. Flatiron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast, episode number 109, I think. I think something like that. Uh, we're in the shop here. Toss will stop by and we've got DP as well. And... The reason, or the topic for the podcast today, some we had some big news from Subaru that's a little bit, well, I think unexpected, but kind of surprising in some ways. I wanted to talk about it. Subaru has replaced their global CEO and the North American CEO. Uh, so Tom Dahl has been basically running Subaru America since, I think, 2009. Um, and then uh, the head of Subaru globally has also been replaced. And the reason that Subaru said that they did that is because they wanted to focus on the shift to electrification in, in both cases. And what's particularly interesting is Toyota recently did the exact same thing. They changed out their CEO for a new CEO and somebody else. Both, both, uh, both people that are taking charge of the company are, were promoted internally from you know, Toyota and Subaru respectively. Um, but with the same purpose to to focus on the switch to electrification and it's a little bit of an interesting kind of surprising change i figure it might be worth it or it would be worth a discussion for from us for, for what is what does that kind of mean and you know maybe kind of think about what does this mean for the future what what do we think Subaru is going to do with all of this um pr- you know precursor to this is in january of this year Subaru did come out and announce that, so we have the, the Solterra, but that was going to be their only electric car, but in January they announced they wanted to have, uh, to add more, several more EVs to their lineup uh, by 2025, which is, I mean, we're already March of 2023, that's not very long, um, and the rumors about that are that they're going to be working with Toyota, so Toyota and Subaru are now kind of putting a lot of eggs in this basket, and there's probably going to be a lot of uh, co-platforms between Toyota and Subaru. So with all of that set up front, what are you what is your guys' initial thought with this with this big change from them from Subaru? I'm curious, a little bit worried. I mean like obviously coming from the performance standpoint of like what we do, what does that mean for us? I mm-hmm. mean we can still make them go steer better, brake better and all that. But yeah. I'm real partial to the you know internal combustion engine sounds and the yeah. things that go with it. I think electric motors are really cool, and it'll get there. But the technology is gonna have to really ramp up if they want to make like a performance car. Like if they're going after like Tesla's market for the performance sedan with the STI, or are we gonna start with like a Crosstrek EV? Like where's where are we going is still to be determined. But I'm yeah. partial to the you know the ICE part of that whole market still that I think is not just our bread and butter, but that's just something that I really am fond of. It's it's kind of the fun factor. Yeah. Right? The fun factor of the car to to a large extent. Um I don't know, Tasso. <clears throat> I went back and forth on this a couple times, even just on the drive in here or since showing up here today. The first thought I had was, who cares? Yeah. Um I don't think Subaru's really made a performance car, like a good nuts out performance car for 20 years. 
Okay. Uh, 18 years. 18 years. What is it, 20, 2003? 20, 23. 16 years. So 16 years? 16 years, something like that. So With the end of the GD, they stopped making performance cars. Okay. And they started making fast sedans, fast mm. family cars, whatever kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. And that's obviously with all due Tasso cynicism. Um, <laughs> and then I came in here and I sat in your 2022, 23 WRX, yeah. whatever it is. 22, yeah. 22 WRX that you guys have in here as a shop car now. And I thought to myself, like, this is pretty comfy. Like, yeah. this is a nice car. I mean, nicer than... The GDs weren't especially nice cars. It's, it's you know, those cars... What I consider the last performance tuner cars were not good cars from a car standpoint, right? Mm. Um, especially you look at like the Mitsubishi's, right? Th- that's or where junk, the right? interior, the comfort, the quiet, yeah. whatever. That's right. that's what they completely sacrificed and, and yeah. cheaped out on to bring the performance to the engine right. and to the drive. Like if you're yeah. cruising around with an interior still in your GD, why bother? Just strip <laughs> it. It's not any worse if it's just bare metal. It's the same car. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm not getting paid to do this, but I get paid for my cynicism, so which is sure. why I'm... Yes. <laughs> sure, sure. Which is why I'm... Whatever. Um, so then I sat in that car. I thought, like, damn, that's a pretty good car. Like, I would drive that car. You should... Well, you should go um, in it. Take it around well, the So I've driven it around yeah. the street. Uh, not yeah. that one, but another one. I've driven okay. it, like, just up and down the street before, and um, hearing from your guys, uh, it sounds like it's pretty fun on the track, too, even if it's a little bit dampened, right? Like, uh sensory wise dampened right like it's quiet it's muffled it's squishy all these kind of things right so a yeah little bit. it a is little bit. like yeah you don't have to wear earplugs in it right you so, don't have to wear earplugs so, yeah, that is true it's dampened true. a bit um so even with all that stuff they said it's still like the car sticks well it's good yeah. it's fun it's got a lot of technology going on a lot of interesting engine management stuff so that swayed, you know, the point of this anyways, is that swayed kind of my thought process over to, well, shit, maybe this does matter, because um, there well, is still some okay stuff coming out. So there, there's, there's a couple interesting, I guess, maybe like previous footnotes that it, at this point, probably like uh, their significance is more unknown. I mean, one one thing that we know is that there's no STI coming out of this car. So, so there are some people that are, that are wondering if Tom Dahl is the one that prevented the STI from coming out. I don't think that's the case. And in fact, I would guess it might actually be the opposite because right before the STI got killed off, we finally got the first S car in America. We got the S209. And I'd have to assume that that Tom Dahl was probably a big part of getting that over here. Um, One of the interesting things that's come out as they've announced this is that America accounts for 75% of Subaru's global sales. So Americans, we, American market is buying three quarters of all the Subarus that are made everywhere. But only now have we gotten one S model. Yeah. And, and a lot of those, the high performance stuff has been kept in Japan. There's probably a lot of other reasons. And it, it wasn't that way for a long time, right? Um, right when right. When they first brought the WRX over there wasn't really a market, right? And until well, they, until they created the market. Yeah, they were, yeah. yeah, I guess there was a, a tinderbox waiting to go off. About right? Tasso is the 2002 WX, 2003 WX, when right. they first brought the WX over. Right. It sold out. 
They, they did not think that there was a market here. They didn't think that there'd be any interest for the STI. Right. They didn't think that the WRX would sell, so they brought it over, and then it sold out the first two years of production. Right. And that's not on Subaru. I mean, I guess, right? It, they're a business, and their business is to do more business, so it is on them a bit, whatever. But America didn't tell anybody that they wanted fun, fast, small cars, right? America had said for decades, we want big. Um, well, and, and even back then, like there was there was not a car like the WRX here. There was not a four door sedan or wagon, all wheel drive with the turbocharged engine. I mean, there just DSMs? wasn't, huh? The DSMs. The the DSM was a, had been around certainly for mm. for two generations, but it just never really. I don't think it ever caught enough. No, they were a niche market. It was a niche right? market. And they I, never really thought it was going to be a mass market. Right, and I think that that is what people read at the time. To say, why bother bringing, you right. know, your long history of STI turbo sweet cars yeah. with rally lineage? But when America. they did bring it over, it, it was hit. a home run, right. and yeah. it was like, oh, yeah, exactly. I guess people want this. Which is why I can still find parts for my shitty old GDs, is because yeah. there were a lot of them bought and sold. Absolutely. It was, it was the best selling right. until, I think, the 15. Right. So, I forget where I was even going with this. Oh, you were talking about well, bringing the S cars over, right? And yeah. is there still a... Well... And, and so I guess my point there is just that I think that, you know, there was, there was maybe some movement in this direction, but of course, I think Subaru, as all auto manufacturers right now, are realizing, hey, we've got a kind of course correct here. There's, there, the, the market is, is changing. And sure. I think that the hard thing for us to kind of remember sometimes is that Subaru, for, from a, like a car manufacturer standpoint, Subaru is really small. Mm-hmm. Like right. they're, they're a small manufacturer. And with an with an electric car, that's a complete change. I mean, you might be able to build an electric car on the same chassis. There, there's some manufacturers that have done that. Mm-hmm. But as far as the technology to make the car run and, and, and all of that stuff, it's all different. And, and also remember, most of those 75% of sales is not WRXs. Right. Too. Yes. We're, we're talking outbacks and forsters. Ascents, yes. which is, I think that they've been working toward this probably for some time with the hybridification of the family cars. Well, yeah, and hybrids seem to be only getting more available and uh, stronger demand. Yeah, more right. prevalent too. More and prevalent. then there's also government pressures, right? I mean, yeah. the the Europe has their mandate, um, I forget what year it is now, 2030? No more 2030, internal combustion? 2035, something like something, that. Yeah, no yeah. more internal combustion cars sold there. Um, and Subaru is not the first manufacturer this is the next thought I had in my upy downy up thought process mm-hmm. on on whether or not I cared about this announcement or what Subaru was doing anymore. Um, Porsche, right? Mm-hmm. Porsche left internal combustion motorsports a couple years ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then came out with a a beautiful tribute to them as like a walking off into the sunset wave goodbye with a 919 Evo, yeah. right? Um, and then we're like, eh, you know what? Now they're pretty cool. We'll come back a couple years later. And now they're, you know, Porsche Penske with the, the IMSA cars. And so Porsche left and then came back. So it's, I don't think that, you know, a manufacturer deciding to prioritize or put more, you know, stock into their electric vehicle lineup really even has all that much bearing on the motorsports side or tuner or enthusiast side of what they have going on other than i think you get improved well trickle down i think so here's the thing i actually think 
it's I think it's way more important and I think like Subaru for instance if they do not realize that they have to put a priority on that even from an electric standpoint I think that's a mistake and and I'll get into why here in a second but the other piece of information that may or may not be relevant anymore now is so I, I found this and I, I've been trying to find it again and I can't dig it up but the head of Subaru Australia was in an interview and was quoted with saying so like Subaru announced that the next SCI is going to be electric. Mm -hmm. we, we know that. That's they, they made that announcement very clearly when they announced that there was no more STI. The, the head of Subaru Australia said that there is not going to be an electric STI on the current platform. Oh, and he yeah. said that, so what that meant was that the electric STI, what they, were, what they were slating this for, and this was back at the probably 2022 when the, when the announcement came out, was 2030 for the electric STI. And so... Like when, my feeling when when if that was if that was true at the time, is that's way too long. So so the problem is, if Subaru doesn't have like they've taken away the STI, hey we're going to do something electric. But if it's going to take eight years, seven years from now, seven eight years, they're they're losing so much of the enthusiast base if they wait that long to really kind of bring something that has a level of excitement to it. Mm -hmm. And like with the Solterra. Like it, there, it seems to be mixed reviews. They had trouble with the launch. I mean, they, Subaru's all car manufacturers have been affected by this chip shortage. Like there's there's all sorts of difficulties going on right now to produce these cars and get them out. But there's not very many Solteras out there. And you know, when you look at a lot of the the car, the companies that are bringing out electric cars, it's so much easier to add power to an electric car than a gasoline power car, especially now with emissions things. So like like Tesla is kind of like the standard, the measuring stick for all of these cars. And it's like, if you want a sedan, you want like their, their Model Y, the, the wagon, like they basically make like 400 something, 450 horsepower equivalent. Right. Like that's just the standard. And, and then you can, can get the performance. More and, horsepower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just plug in and oh, there yeah, it and is. And right. you look at, like, I mean, there, there are certainly... Uh, like uh, the Chevy Bolt, which is just kind of more of a commuter car, and it's not it's not designed to be fun or make power. But I mean, you have the, the Pulsar Two, uh, the i4 M50, BMW, mm -hmm. all these cars are making 400, 500 effective or equivalent horsepower very easily. And then you get into like the lunacy of like the um, oh geez, uh, like the Taycan, um, the mm -hmm. Audi uh, e-tron RS. Right. Um, yeah, which you're finally because. I mean, Tesla may be the benchmark, but they're not really built for performance, right? They happen to be right. pretty quick. Right. And some people have figured out how to make them slow down a bit here and there or turn, but they're not really performance cars, right? There's no part right. of that car that's optimized for the driving experience. But e really. even right. SUVs are now becoming performance cars. Right. So, like, the the Rivian, that, that truck does ridiculous 0 to 60s. Yeah. does. Um, DP, cause, because of your uh, Typhoon heritage, there was... Haggerty did a drag race where Rivian was pulling a cyclone so on a trailer, and it was faster than, I think it was a Raptor? It was faster than the Raptor, which was yes. insane. But, so, like, like SUVs are now becoming, like, performance cars as well, and yeah. the more, they're, they're very expensive vehicles, no question. But, like, all of a sudden, like, the performance standard that they're setting is a, is a pretty darn high bar. It is, and I think uh, echoing what you're saying, Tasso, like this might be a jumping off point with like you know where they're at with the Tesla sedan and all these is okay. We have here, what do we need to do to make it better, faster, stronger, harder mm -hmm. as yeah. an actual enthusiast's 
sports car. So I'm excited for that side of things. And I think that Subaru being a small company, if they if they completely lose sight of that, then that there's going to be nothing to set them apart. But if right. they yeah. if they actually focus on that and, and make these cars more engaging, even though it's an electric car, then all of a sudden now there's a possibility there where, where that can actually be what sets Subaru apart. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you can't beat them to the accessibility, usability of a Tesla because Tesla already right. beat them there. You can't right. beat them to the F-150 Lightning because right. they already beat them there. Yep. You can't beat them to um, just... You know, dropping a, a nostalgia name in your face and hoping that that sells cars because Ford already did that with a Mustang, right? Um, so yeah. you can't just yeah. just you can't just sit on a laurel if you're a Subaru um, or try and reinvent some wheel here, other than making the people's performance electric car. Maybe is the, the well, only maybe, but like I'm thinking here of the STI ERA. You know this this electric concept that they showed, and they, they said that their goal is to, to get this thing out and, and try and set the Nurburgring lap time in like the six minute range and all this sort of thing. It makes a thousand horsepower. It has four motors, one on each wheel, and especially with Subaru's all wheel drive history, I think that focusing on a motor per wheel could be a real uh, that could be significant to Subaru because you could still say it's all wheel drive because you have a motor at each wheel instead of just, hey, two motors and then it goes into a gearbox and then you're, you're driving the, a motor per axle. Mm-hmm. Because then Subaru could then lean into what you can do with those individual motor controls. I mean, if you look at Rivian's and you watch anything of what Rivian, a Rivian can do like off-roading, because it has individual tire control, right. it's pretty crazy. And like, okay, now what? Now what? What do you get if you take that and you put it in a, an STI package that is for rally, for rallycross, for something yeah. for the street? Look at what uh, Vermont did with uh, the current crop of nitro yep. rallycross, you know, yeah. E class, whatever their their class is called, yeah. the electronic ones, the electric rallycross cars, yeah. yeah. And they are good. I mean, they're they're good to watch. Um, and they're fast. They're fast. Like they're generally their limitation is not power it's how much wheel spin is efficient kind of thing yeah right um call out drift dudes you're not faster um (laughs) but right so like the the rallycross cars right there there's they're not limited in their acceleration by um by power at all right they're entirely limited by oh he had too much wheel spin so he's going slower now yeah and so it's a you know the the precedent is there for these things being but yeah i I don't know. It's, it, it, it might it's, be a moonshot. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, to say that Subaru I just went on my fifth roller coaster ride and my yeah. feelings about this whole thing. So, yeah. Because I was down and then I went up well, in, this, in, the, in the 22. Yeah. And then I went down again because who cares? Because Porsche left and they came back. So, whatever. And I went up again because what? And then I went right back down now because I don't know. Um. Well, it's, <laughs> well, this is, this is, I think, the thing is like you have to have, like, I think in the electric world, you have to have something that has a little bit of excitement to it. Like 100%. A Solterra that is the size and weight of an Ascent, or, or maybe more than an Ascent, but it only makes 230 horsepower or whatnot, is, I mean, there's, there's just not a lot of excitement there. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that there's going to be, I haven't driven one yet, I'm curious to drive one just to see what it's like, but, you know, the, the pull, the draw to that kind of a platform 
I don't know. I, I don't I don't know yet what the draw to that platform is. But like a Tesla's, it's obvious what the draw is to a lot of these is just it's a car that'll do, you know, four seconds, sub four seconds, zero to sixty runs. Yeah. Just okay, well that's crazy. Like and it just has to handle okay, but it's got kind of this uh, dog and pony show that comes with it that mm-hmm. brings this level of excitement to it. Which is where I think you know some people that that's all it takes to get some people to, to make the switch and try that. Yeah, and it, and it's just like that's what you're to a certain extent that's what you're competing with. You're you're competing with these model or the model three, the model Y, that have this certain level of excitement. And then if you're going to be in a similar price point, similar vehicle, similar appearance, like what what could Super bring to the table that would make people actually look back and forth and decide, okay, I'm going to go with this one. I would hope that it would be the engineering and like rally history and motorsports history that they would bring to something yes. like that that has not been established yes. by brand Tesla to date. I mean, I know they're succeeding in like autocross and some things because there's you know, some tunability that they have. Right. So I would hope that Subaru would bring that to the table and say, hey, we took this and we electrified it and we hope to electrify you. Right. And in and, and, and... The case of Subaru, what they're saying is that they're they're bringing in leadership at the top of, of Subaru globally and of Subaru America that is more interested in and excited about this move to electrification. So my, my hope would be that if they're bringing in people at the top that are excited, that they're going to think about bringing excitement to these to these platforms. I hope they truly get STI involved and they totally. don't just Mustang mock it and just... Oh. Well, and, and, and honestly, like, Maki seems like it's got some, they, they did a lot of things right, and there's some people, there's some parts of, of what the Maki does that people favor over the Tesla. Sure. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that whatever they come out with, it's fine. I'm but worried. both though. of them have yeah. some level of excitement and interest. They're not, Sure. it's not a golf cart with doors. Which is sick, by the yeah. way. I've had more fun rides in golf carts than I've had in electric vehicles so far. Oh. Um Shots fired, okay. But, so far, I haven't driven that many electric vehicles. Yeah. Um, like, I'm sitting here thinking there's there's two directions here, right? And I think it's something that Tesla was really good, because ultimately, like Apple, they're not a technology company, they're a marketing company, right? Yeah. Um, the one thing that they nailed was the, um, like, that instant dopamine feedback kind of thing right yeah. whether that's the i feel like i'm accelerating really fast which is what most people right. affiliate with a fast right. car being and then also like the the same phenomenon that happened with like you know dlcs like down, downloadable content on like video games right, right. so you yeah. can download more power for but your the, car, the car it's the same paying, car right? it just yeah. keeps getting better because they're like oh we right, figured yeah. this out and here's this yeah. like the company that could figure out how to download skins for your car and have like just a computer screen around the whole car is gonna they're gonna mop up right Slay. because then i could have like oh the gold one or the leopard one or this one you know somebody some car company has a Car that will change color. Yeah, there you I go. Can't, I, then they're working towards. BMW it. And they're right, right. I think. But, yeah. but that's. I mean, that's that. They're moving in that direction. That's that like dopamine feedback loop, right? Where, but the weird thing about that, even though it's a completely different direction, is that's also what a lot of people like about working on their cars in the analog car era, right? Yeah. Is like that. You can make it your I own. I did a thing. Yeah. I made it my own. I customized it. I made it faster. There's a result. Like, and you know, for me, I, I don't like working on cars all that much, but I like it when my car is better than it was before. Totally. So, so I put up with it. Yeah. 
first thing I would I'd say, basically to sum up your first point, I think, is if Subaru is going to make electric cars, they have to still make them Subarus. I think right. the more that the more that they can make it so that you get in, you get behind the wheel, you drive the car in whatever conditions, it feels like a Subaru, the better because that's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And I think that where, where that's going to be a challenge is if they're working with Toyota to develop a lot of these platforms. And so then is it is it going to feel more neutral because it's one platform that is, is being used by both manufacturers well, or can Subaru customize it to some extent to make it feel more like a Subaru. I think the best thing to happen to Subaru recently is to work with Toyota. Um, because Maybe. Toyota's GR division or whatever the hell's going on with TRD oh, yeah. or TGR or whatever the world of Toyota performance is right now yeah. is just STIing themselves like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just putting out sick, cool stuff and carrying Subaru along with it at this point. And so that's... Yeah. But like... To your point, that's my hope, is that it's not a car, whatever the future of Subaru is, is not a car based on DLCs. Like, do you want right. more gold little bumper caps, and yeah. now your Outback is an Outback X, or whatever, I don't know, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, and so, not that stuff, but what I'm hoping is that it actually has a place where like there is tunability that's not yes. paywall-based, or something yeah. like that. So, right? so here, here's yeah. the biggest, hope that I've gotten in that direction was when uh, Tony from Turn Concepts was here and we were talking about the Model 3 that he was running at uh, Gridlife. And he talked about this thing called a party box, which he, he it's a electronic box that you wire into the car. It doesn't give you control over the power of the car, but what it gives you control of is how the traction control works. Mm-hmm. So now you can actually customize how the traction control works. So like to a certain extent from an enthusiast standpoint, said it before I'll say it again never bet against the aftermarket because there are so many smart people out there there's so many smart enthusiasts out there electric cars are just this new frontier it's going to be different there's no question it's going to be different but there's smart people that are going to start figuring stuff yeah. out but that may be that hopefully it doesn't end up like jailbroke phones right where that's like the new emissions is like well we'd love to road league or you know road past your you know, Tesla, but it looks like you had this piggyback wired in there, so you're no longer, well, not emissions, but, but you, you know, figure, like, software compliant for road right. use or whatever, well, you know. Tr- just traction control. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, it could be that... Safety. I mean, right. Safety, uh-huh. I mean, traction control, but if you can optimize traction control, I mean, there's there's possibilities there. Mm-hmm. And then the government says, so you think you're better than Tesla at optimizing traction control? You're not. It's not your life, young man. It's right. the public's life that you're putting in danger. You're going to run over this grandma and tell her that you did a better job than Tesla? Right. So that's, that's what I worry about, being too technology-based. If you have a fun, fast electric car that still has stuff like coil springs, like knobs on the, on yeah. the suspension to turn like stuff like that, then there is still optimization. If it still takes a, a unit, you know, brake assembly from yeah. a GR Yaris, now fits on the ESTI. Yep. And so now these 10 years of GR Yaris technology can filter into this ESTI and you can get your sick, you know, aluminum hat rotors and stuff like that. And that's the, that's the hope. Because the other end, I think, is do you want to pay for... Uh, a cooler exhaust note on your inside speakers for your right. electric car. Mm-hmm. So, right. so here, so. I think, I think what's, in my opinion, the, the the trap with electric cars, 
is self-driving or auto drive or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, full full self-driving, FSD or whatever, that, that Tesla is like putting a ton of eggs in that basket. Right. I think that's a trap with electric cars, especially for smaller manufacturers like, say, Subaru, because it's not easy. Like, to your point, Tasa, liability all of a sudden becomes huge, huge. because, like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm in a parking lot. I'm going to tell the car to go. It knows where we're going, but it's driving. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here with my hands like, I'm in the driver's seat, but I'm not yeah. done in my hands on the wheel. And they're using Something AI happens. to figure that out right now. Right. But AI is not Terminator. AI just guesses a lot of stuff wrong until it gets it right. Right. So it's not yeah. actually intelligent. Right. And there's... Oh, man. I don't know. I'm going to go off on a tangent <laughs> well, no, on I, self-driving I cars and ethics and it's stuff worth, like It's that. worth yeah. mentioning right now. Like we it. cannot yeah. allow Skynet to become self-aware. I think we can all agree on that. Or just let it happen. Right? No. Because no. <laughs> But, but so here's my part. My, my point with the smaller manufacturers, don't worry about full self-driving. There's still plenty of us out there that want to just drive the car. Right. If you focus on trying to get the car to drive itself, then prioritizing what the driving experience is, it just, like, all of a sudden, you can't put eggs in both of those baskets because one system defeats the other. So if you focus on making a Subaru feel like a Subaru and you focus on making an electric STI that feels like it's an STI, like this is what Porsche did with the tanking. You know, it's an electric car, but it still drives like a 911, you know, or the Audi uh, e-tron RS, where it's basically the same chassis, but it feels like an Audi. Like, that's what Subaru needs to focus on. Don't worry about any kind of self-driving anything. Yeah. Focus on the driving experience and, and what it's like to get behind the wheel of this electric car and make sure that it feels like a Subaru. It needs to feel connected. Like, I mean, that's my problem with even my Prius has like absent steering because it's it's electric. And so yeah. it just doesn't feel like I'm on the road or doing anything. And then when I hop in the Forester, like I did this weekend, I was like, God, this car drives really well. I need to yeah. drive it more because, mm-hmm. you know, to toss over your point again, you know, I made it what it is. I made it better than yeah. it was. And so I enjoy the hell out of that experience of driving it. It's like I need that feeling in a new electric Subaru like across the platform and to me like you have so many of these other auto manufacturers that are focusing on automation and they're they're losing the driver experience if you come in and you focus on the driver experience you know and like like the the new wx has got electric steering but it's got the dual pinion electric steering so your your steering wheel is connected to the rack you're getting all of that feedback uninterrupted from the rack to the steering wheel the electric drive motor is on the other side of the rack so like there can be assistance but all of the feedback still comes through the wheel. It's, it, it actually can change like what the weight of the, the steering feels like, mm-hmm. but you still get the feedback. And it's so like something like that, like that's the rack that needs to be an electric car because you get the feedback still. You, you still have that connection. Like Lexus, now, I think it's Lexus, has now got an e-steering car where it's, it, it has a yoke steering wheel like the Model S, mm-hmm. But there's no physical connection between the steering wheel and the rack. So it's all completely artificial yeah. on both ways. Like, that to oh. me is 100% the wrong way. Oh, no. And that's that's where there's all the technology involved, which is all the mm-hmm. development costs. So Subaru, don't fall into that trap. Yeah. Focus on the driving experience. And, and there's there's going to be people that actually still want to drive cars. And that's what we're looking for. Sim racers all around the world right now going, that's fine. <laughs> I get tons of feedback. It's you know, direct drive, bro. Uh, oh. <laughs> Which yeah. is actually, which is actually pretty amazing. It totally translates to the real world. Well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it they're getting better and better. Like, uh, like this is a that's a whole nother discussion. But that's the irony is, is like all the simulators are trying to make this artificial thing feel as real as possible, mm-hmm. and then the real ones, 
they're they're going as far away from that as they can to the point where they're completely disconnecting the steering wheel from the rack. Mm-hmm. They're removing all of the driver experience. What's the what's the company that makes all that video game stuff? Just say one. I just need it for my job. Oh, Fanatec. Fanatec. Yeah. Like Fanatec right now, it's just like it's only a matter of time before you mount a Fanatec upgrade in your ESTI right. to get better feedback oh, from boy. your steering wheel. Oh. <sighs> It could come to that point. I'm going to need royalties, Fantec, by the way, on yeah. that deal you just made with Ferrari or whoever. Um, right. or it Lexus was my or... idea. Um, yeah. Timestamp. I don't know. St. Patty's Day just happened. So it's so 20, 21st today. Is it the first day of spring? Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Spring sprung. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so March 21st, 2023, Fantec. It was my, my idea. If you don't OTC pay me, Racing, um, Tasso. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to. I don't know. I'm going to enforce. That's right. Whatever that means. All right. Something. Um, so, yeah. Shit, I was gonna say something. It was a really good point. I don't know what it was. No. I don't think. It, oh no, full self driving. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yeah. And I think they were probably a little bit just wishing in the well. I don't know. I don't have a, a saying for this. But I think we're a little bit. We're just dropping in a bucket here. Um, but from an enthusiast standpoint, like there's gonna guess, be people that want to want to drive. That's what we can hope for. But that's not. I think one what the government wants and the government doesn't care what enthusiasts wants and then not the future of automobiles on the road so then what it comes down to is maybe if we have our pastime just like go-karts or golf or whatever there'll be places where we're allowed to do our we're allowed to do our hobby in a controlled place i think that's why there will always be like for for the gd series the classic super super rally cars for motorsports that will always be around because there will always be a place for enthusiasts to use their cars. But mm-hmm. the question is, like, okay, it doesn't benefit Subaru to have a really strong enthusiast base as much for, like, a 20-, 30-year-old platform as it does to have interest in a current platform right. that, mm-hmm. that they're currently building and actively. So, so the hope is that they make an ESTI track model, which is yep. not registered for road legality, a white car thing that's available just like you go get your pings at Big Five, to go golfing, you go get your ESTI yeah. track model to go to your car course instead of the golf course well, on the weekends. So, so here's my question. Here, here's where I was, what I was going to say. Like, let's, to me, what this move from Subaru means, I think and I hope, especially with them saying that they're going to have more electric models even by 2025, which means it almost, it almost has to be something that Toyota had in development that they're probably just going to put a Subaru badge and maybe slightly rework on because that's no time to develop a car. I mean, it's 2023. If you're gonna basically show it in 2024, and you can buy it in 2025, like that's that is unbelievably fast development. But I think I hope what this means is that they are going to come out with the electric STI soon. In my opinion, Subaru, uh, if you're listening, you have to release the 20 or the electric STI by 2026, no later than 2027. I, I think you cannot take any longer than that, and you have to release information about it as soon as possible to let us know what you're working on because otherwise people are going to look at all these other cars and they're just not going to care anymore. Now I'm going to go one step further and say the good news Subaru is you already have it. This ER, STI ERA, that's the next STI. And you just need like 1,000 horsepower, four, four motors. It's got to be a wagon. It'll be a hatch, yeah. The ERA is the next <laughs> STI. You already have it. You've already designed it. You just need to tell us that this is going to be it. 2026, yeah, do a hatch app. It'll be sure. a heavy, it'll be a heavy Yaris with a Subaru badge. Oh, you know, wow. that little car though with that kind of oomph would be 
Yeah, it'll have 2,000 pounds of batteries and a screen this big for yeah. your iPhone to hook up to. Yes. Well, you'll drive it with you. You'll swipe to drive yeah, it. Yeah, just text the whole time. Right. So sarcasm <laughs> aside, the reason I say that is because if that was the car, I mean, it looks cool. Yes. It has 1,000 horsepower. Like, Subaru, Subaru gets in its own way a lot when it comes to, like, power and performance because they, they don't want to release something that is crazy like that. Like, and, and Subaru, you got to get out of your own way and just release it because... Yeah. Right now, you can buy a Model S Plaid or the Lucid Air. I, 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 there's like three different Lucid Airs that all make over a thousand horsepower. I think one of the Lucids is now twelve hundred horsepower equivalent. Woof. Like they're already out there. There's only going to be more. Like the the Rivians are like seven hundred fifty horsepower equivalent. Like a thousand horsepower right now, in terms of internal combustion engines, is just bananas. It's the new three hundred. But in terms right. of electric mm-hmm. cars, like that's like if you're trying to build a car or design a car. For 2026, 2027, like that's the ball. Like 700 to to 1,000 horsepower equivalent with electric motivation is kind of, for for especially for something you're calling performance. That's that's kind of where you have to be aiming. I think you can't. It could be relevant at like mm-hmm. 400 horsepower equivalent at that point because the Model Three, the Model Y performance, they're already there. They're already past that. I just pictured yeah. it being a. Old 235 Right. That's yeah. the other option right. here that right. maybe is the best yeah. case scenario. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. The cynicism comes from being hurt a lot by auto manufacturers. Sure. We're damaged goods as car people. Well, um, and, and, They and, have an opportunity. I agree with you. But that's, that's the interesting thing with electric motivation is a lot of where it got really challenging with internal combustion engines is they couldn't give us the power that we wanted because it has to have some kind of fuel economy rating. And then it also has to meet emission standards. But there's an equivalent for that though too. It has to have a range, and sure. that is like range anxiety. Like cup, yeah. what cup holders were, ten years ago. Yep. Like the the shittiest part of a car that made the biggest difference in sales, electric vehicle range is I think the number one thing people actually look for in an electric vehicle right now. Mm-hmm. Other than range and am charging. I a weirdo and is this interesting yeah. to me? Yeah, for us that's true, right? Um, but but range I think is going to be. Right. Number one for them. So here's here's, I've been I've heard a lot of things through the years. Let's just call all of this rumor, and you know, so get on the internet or, or leave it in the comments if, if I'm close to this or not. The reason that Toyota initially invested in Subaru because Subaru was Fuji Heavy Industries was back when they were coming out with the Prius because yeah. Fuji Heavy Industries had the best battery technology at the time. Right. So they wanted they wanted Fuji's battery technology to help the hybrids. Um, the next. The next generation, the next game changer for electric cars is going to be solid state electric batteries. Toyota is said to have, to be one of the front runners. There's, there's, uh, I think there's a, a company actually here in Lafayette, Lafayette, Colorado, like solid something. Um, there's a company in Europe that is funded by Volkswagen and I think BMW. Um, and then Toyota is the third one that is supposedly a, all these three companies are at the forefront of solid-state battery technology. 
Um, Toyota had said that they wouldn't have a battery that would be ready to put in a car until like 2025 or 2027. But hopefully both of these moves from Toyota and from Subaru mean that their solid-state batteries are going to be available sooner rather than later. Once solid-state becomes, you know, standard or, or at least available, it should have a lot, it should curb a lot of the range anxiety and the, the charging problems. So, yeah. like, if, if Subaru's working with Toyota and Toyota's at the forefront of this next generation of battery technology, that's not a bad partner to be working with. And we need someone to come in and regulate charging standards. Yeah. So no more proprietary charging stations. I, yeah, that's, not not having an yeah. electric car and not not knowing about all of the problems. Yeah. It sounds like they are significant mm -hmm. out there, unless you have a Tesla. The Tesla charging network is solid. Everything else is solid-ish, right? It's a meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the, but but no, that's I mean true. Right? Yeah. So once you get standardized charging solution across platforms and better batteries, and you put charging stations at racetracks. Yep then you're making a, a step towards a potential for performance electric vehicles. Yeah. I mean, the potential is there. Here's here's the last thing that I wanted to ask, and, and another reason, DP, why I wanted to have you on this, hybrids. So what mm -hmm. Subaru has said is that they're going to look a lot more at hybrids. They, they actually made a statement, I think it was at the beginning of the year, first saying that they were not going to pursue plug-in hybrids anymore. But then now with this recent change, now they're saying that they're looking at hybrids more is, is a way to bridge the gap. Mm -hmm. um, my thought is, it, it's all the same things that I've been saying about electric cars. If, if you focus on it strictly from a standpoint of efficiency, like you're not gonna bring any kind of an excitement factor. And, and for a certain price point, for a lot of applications, people just want better mileage. Okay, fine. But there is a, an excitement factor potential if you add electric motivation, if you bring in a hybrid drivetrain to a car. Sure. I think Subaru's got to look at something like that. Yep. Every high-end race series is using it right now. Yep, that's true. But I think the driving factor for a lot of that stuff is something that Subaru is still with ever since emission standards really started cranking down, which was brand average fuel economies, yep. right? Yep. And so Subaru has always had worse fuel economy than Honda because Honda yep. has half as many moving parts in their cars, right? Because they have half-wheel yep. drive. Well, and and so. they're they're able to be more efficient. Like Honda, just they they've they're really successful in making an efficient engine. Yeah. Yeah, man, all-wheel drive hurts. Like All-wheel drive hurts. All-wheel drive yeah. hurts for fuel economy, right? And so something they've always struggled with. And as we march toward uh, an internal combustion-free future, those brand average fuel economies in the background, you know, behind, you know, policy and government doors and stuff like that, they've marched and marched further and further up. Yeah. And I'm surprised that they haven't gone to an almost full EV lineup maybe minus one or two vehicles Subaru because I can't imagine that they're, I mean, so the well, move to the direct injection engines was a big step for yep. them in trying to clean that up. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest and I'm surprised that the mileage in the 2022 is not better. What, what are you getting? On average, I think it's 23. Like, yeah. Damn, that's horrible. <laughs> it's not, it's, I'm surprised <laughs> that it's not better. Holy shit. I got a 93 Dodge that gets better mileage in that yeah. pickup. Well, it. and, and, and like the, cool. the emissions and everything like that that yeah, it's it has horrible. to go through, yeah, it, yeah. it's making it more and more challenging. And realistically, that's probably a large reason why the EJ died, right? It's because it was dragging so, the whole brand's average down. When we, so, that's yeah. what the Subaru guys, when we, uh, Viet and I went out to the Rhine Drive for the new WRX and BRZ, that's kind of what the, the Subaru guys were saying, like when we pulled them off to the side, is that 
the SCI always has the worst fuel economy of 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 the Subaru fleet. That's getting the worst economy. Mm-hmm. And 2026 is this new big change. So like the cafe standards have to go up, and they just didn't think that they could make uh, come out with an SCI on this platform and hit a break-even point before they would not be able to sell it anymore, which is basically like if it came out as 23, like three model years. Um, and so that's that's where it got kind of, right. you know, just shoved to the side. Is that like, well, we can't we can't make them and break even in the time before we were not going to be able to sell these things anymore. Right. Yeah. But that's where, like, okay, if you bring in the hybrid drivetrain, you know, can you can you bring back some of that efficiency that you can bring back some of the fun, and yeah. you know, or 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 even then, like, okay, you have a hybrid Outback and a hybrid Forester, which are the two best selling lines, that now get. 40 miles to the gallon because of the hybrid drivetrain. And now does that open the window for, you know, okay, now you can have something of a limited production like an STI that is missing the cafe standard, but now it evens out because you've got these couple of these platforms that are like yeah. way over the cafe. Well, and it probably yeah. will just keep marching tighter and tighter. So you'll never get ahead of that, right. you know, hole right. in the bucket. Um, which is, which is where like in some ways, like, okay, we're going to focus on the move to electrification. It's like, okay, it makes sense. If you're always going to be right. battling this, this, these emission standards, these fuel economy standards, kind of making the clean break. It's like, so trap number one is full self-driving, but maybe trap number two is, you know, maybe hybrids. I don't know. I think there's an opportunity mm, yeah. with hybrids, but maybe trying to make a, a fun, sporty hybrid, maybe that's, Another trap that could be a thing. I mean, I could see like you know, I mean, like with my Prius and its hybrid system in it, you know, something of that capacity in an FA power plant car like the twenty two. Yeah, could be interesting. It would all be about how like the functionality was. Yeah, where sure. it was to bring that you know to bring that yeah. cafe standard up because um, if you harken to like look at look at Chevrolet, mm-hmm. they still have a big fire breathing Corvette that is a yeah. snotty monster. And then they have, like, you know, they have the little cars, you know. Well, the bold, and now they have the E-Ray. And, yeah, and then, you know, hence they've got yeah. the E-Ray coming up. So they've mm-hmm. got, because they have the little cars that have hybrid powertrains and all these that bring their overall fleet mileage up, yeah. they can still have something that spits fire and roasts tire, you know. Yeah, and so and there's more and more hybrids that are not just there for just straight efficiency. They're 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 using the electric motors more for torque fill. Yeah. Um, I want to say, gosh, I'm trying to think of... There, there was some car recently that I was reading about where it was like the electric motors just give all of their torque download to kind of get the elect- internal combustion engine up more into its sweet spot and then it switches over so like it's a more seamless transition and you get the, the sportier acceleration until the engine can then take over. The current Ferrari WEC car does the opposite which is interesting and I haven't it's new enough that I don't know I haven't seen a whole lot of like uh, information on what exactly their strategy is all about. World Endurance Championship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the Ferrari is now back in endurance racing. Yep. Okay. Um, after whatever it was fifty years or something. Yeah. Um, and you listen to their car, and it's the talk of all the onboard. You know, when they, the uh, race announcers, you know, go on board, and you hear it. It's, you know, motor, 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 and then, and then the hybrid system huh. kicks in. Damn. And I don't know if that's like filling in where. Like, you start, as you run into, like, aerodynamic inefficiency, you just need that much more power to push through it or something like that. I don't know what their strategy is, but I'm curious to see what that's all about and what that means. Because the implementation of hybrid power 
or the use of it, the strategies for you know either harvesting it or using it. I think we've seen that it can be a really interesting thing, especially yeah. in motorsports with Formula One, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and, and now with the WRC. And now with the WRC as well. Um, so that's interesting. I don't know that brands could give you that and maintain compliance, whether it's emissions or road standards, which then unfortunately goes back to um, downloadable content. Right, um, yeah, user well, user unlockability. Like I certify, I am on a racetrack. Yeah, you put in your special nuclear arm key, and then it allows you to go into like you know, you know, strat sure. one, you know, whatever. Right, right. Yeah. full harvest, strat one, quality mode, you know, and so whatever. So, so one so. of the interesting things that's happening with hybrids, especially, or mo- I guess most specifically, plug-in hybrids, is, is something like you know we've talked about it here, the Rav Four Prime. Yeah. That's an interesting platform because it has a big enough battery that you have a certain amount of electric only range. So you can you can drive it as an electric car, or it has an internal combustion engine, you can drive it as a hybrid, or you can actually run it in a third mode where the internal combustion engine is running, but basically just as a generator to charge the batteries and you're running on full electric. So mm-hmm. we're, we're getting to this point where the, the hybrid drivetrains, it's not just an electric motor that is working in conjunction with an internal combustion engine. Right. You're now getting to a point where both systems can work independently or cooperatively. And so that once once you have the, you know, in, both independent or, or both of them working together, now you have all these possibilities for how does the car drive? How, is, how does this work? What is it, what is it going to do? Yeah. And like that's that's where like if we're going to go down the hybrid path further, like that's to me that's the interesting possibility. The thing, my my knee jerk reaction that makes me worry about it is, that's really complex. You have basically an electric car system, an internal combustion car system that are both working together. Like, how how reliable could it be? It's one but, of the oldest designs though for electric vehicles. It is. Yeah, I yeah. mean look at locomotives. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've been diesel, diesel electric for a long time, and they're mm-hmm. extremely efficient. Yep. And that's what the shit-eating green I got on my face while you were talking was, yeah. was I wanted a diesel electric something. I don't know Right, why. right. <laughs> just just I wanted to just hop in my whatever, Yukon, yeah. and just kick it on up to notch eight. And just yeah. go, just well, even like your, your Ram truck, like your Ram pickup would yeah. be a phenomenal It'd example of that. And, right? I, and I don't know why... The, the direction that right now, like this, the logistics, like semi truck industry has gone in, is electric and not diesel electric. It yeah. isn't, I don't get it. I mean, I, I think probably it's marketing to some extent, right? Like the Tesla truck and stuff. They want right. to be seen as like, oh, we're fucking going to Mars and we made a fucking semi. I mean, explicit E right there. I, I, we made think, a semi truck and cool. Yeah. And I right? think the but, thing is that they need the battery technology. So if, if yeah. it's also in the trucking market, like that is this other big. You know, justification for why we need to pour all of this R and D, these R and D dollars into battery technology sure. to get it to the next level. Yeah, it seems business minded, not results oriented, though, right? Could um, be. Could be. Yeah, it, and I, I'm not involved really in this industry at all. I'm a casual observer for all this stuff, but to my eyes, it seems like the semi truck move, for example, as we wander way off in the scope creep of this podcast into yeah. all electric vehicles um is just a wild it's not correct i don't think mm-hmm. and a hybrid strategy I don't, I don't know my dad has a rav4 um mm-hmm. it's not a plug-in one um but like you can get around for a little bit on ev yeah and it's sick yeah. like it's nothing wrong with it 
even like first gen Priuses. I had a dated a girl in high school that had one and rally the hell out of that thing. Yeah. And it traction control is horrible. Other than that, it right. was fine, right? Like yeah. well in D P so how many miles have you got on your Prius at this point that you're daily? I it's a two hundred and fifty two thousand, I think. Which is which is crazy. And it just runs like a top and uh, it'll go twenty six yeah. miles an hour in full E V mode and it gives me a message, excessive speed and I think that's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's like or excessive acceleration yeah. predicted. If I put an EV mode and put it down, mm. they get a message and a beep. Like the nanny system is like, no, no, that's mm-hmm. not what it's yeah. for. But when I had an EBS sensor out, I had no traction control, no stability control. Oh mm. my god, that mm. thing was a hooligan yeah. of a car. It was a riot for yeah. 90 horsepower. Right. Yeah. Well, and so like Toyota seems to have really figured out the whole hybrid thing, mm-hmm. and 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 they're partnered close with Subarus. Like in, in in a lot of ways, like if Subaru's going to partner with anybody to develop a hybrid platform i mean toyota they they know what they're doing more than just about anybody and else they're out still there. developing hard right yeah. like they're yeah. still yeah at the top level of motorsport um, whether it's rally or imsa they're yeah. hybrid cars that they're winning and right. and it's you know that's um all right this is still the uh, area because there's no internal combustion trickle down really coming from formula one anymore right or from that top end maybe is it right arguably but it's not like it's not like whatever in the 70s um where they're like yeah, yeah cool no. fuel injection yeah let's yeah. just trickle that on down um yeah. the, the wildest part of what's going on in formula one right now and and we talked i talked about this with micah on on that recent podcast is they're basically finding out ways to run engines excessively lean but Horrible. still make power. that's true like like ex, like crazy lean that's like true. what would what would this like what would destroy any current yeah 20 plus to one yeah i've heard some of this stuff yeah what's it, which is wild. So okay, mm-hmm. I take everything back. I just said. well, but but that's <laughs> it's it's such a different it's such a different method of combustion. I, I think it's used in some generators, like industrial generators yeah. at this point. But yeah, there's yeah. there's no there's no other vehicle that is using that kind of an engine and build strategy yet. I mean, maybe that's our but, only hope to save the internal combustion motor. Just super well, super lean. If we can keep this whole to a totally misguided meme about EV batteries being dangerous going, then... Uh, well, no, then this, is a, this is another podcast that I don't know enough about to even talk about yet, but synthetic fuel bears... Uh, it's yeah, worth yeah. a discussion. I, I mean, it, it's, it seems bananas, but it's, it is a thing. Yeah. It right. carried, carried the American Agricultural Society. Well, no. Well, no, this <laughs> is something totally different. This is... Yeah. No, it's not agricultural-based. It's all. This is this is what Formula One is going to be running on starting in twenty twenty six. That's how they're going to get to carbon neutral. Mm-hmm. Is they're running a synth, synthetic fuel, and so more, more and more is starting to come out. Is, is I guess the technology is becoming more. People are becoming more aware of the technology, um, but it's it's starting to creep its way into motorsports. It's going to be what fuels Formula One in twenty twenty six, and and they're they're literally. Synthesizing hydrocarbons from CO two in the atmosphere. I don't know. That feels like if there was this movie. I guess it's because I have a four year old son. But yeah. Cars three, and they talk about all in all fuel. Right. That was like synthetic no, that was fuel. Cars two. Like, cars was that two. two? Sorry. Cars two. Sorry, everybody. Bad dad. Yeah. I wasn't paying that much attention. But yeah. when they synthesized the fuel, and then it was all like there was all kinds of different corruption and things that went into that that were right. really interesting. But that's where it feels like. This is, this is where I don't know enough. I, I know that mm-hmm. it's out there, and, and if it weren't for the fact that it was going to, like, the Formula One is basically signed off on it, and that's going to be their method of being carbon neutral going forward, 
I wouldn't have put nearly as much stock into it. But like, you know, Top Gear did a, whole, a little 10 minute thing about it. Um, I think I saw Donut Media now has come out with like, hey, we put a tank of synthetic fuel in our car. Hmm. I don't know. Like that's that's the one other thing about that it, it it's worth looking into, but that's going to be a topic for another time. But as we're winding down, like here's you're here's, winding down. Are we? I'm we still are. winding up. All right, let's go. Well, but here's here's <laughs> the question. I think it's it could well be inevitable that Toyota and Subaru are going to merge at some point in the in the not too distant future. So, like like all this electric talk stuff put aside, do you think that could be that that in and of itself could be a good thing or? Or bad thing for Subaru. It's our best chance for having a rally-inspired Subaru again. Absolutely, and yeah. I mean, with the juggernaut that Toyota is, I mean, they have the resources and the engineering team to partner with Subaru that they could really make some awesome things happen. Yeah, and the the biggest thing that would make me excited about that merger, as long as Toyota didn't just basically bring Subaru underneath, like like Scion, where okay, well now it's Subaru. But it's all actually Toyota. If they still kept Subaru, let Subaru be its own in like its own company or, or have its own identity, the thing that Toyota brings or that Toyota definitely appreciates more than most Japanese manufacturers at this point is is the the importance of motorsport and in pushing technology and and building building things for the enthusiast market like like the GR GR Corolla the GR Yaris. Um, you know that they they've got the new super now. Um, I mean, they seem to really be realizing that the enthusiast market is important. They went through a long stretch where they they really didn't. There was almost there's very little in the Toyota um, showrooms for any kind of enthusiasts. But now they're they're realizing, hey, this is important, and motorsports is important. And Subaru, where they're, they're still participating in motorsports, it's not anywhere near. To what Toyota's doing, and like their grassroots, Toyota's uh, support of grassroots motorsports, like with what they're doing with the GR Yaris, I'm uh, sorry, GR Corolla and the G, um, GR86 Cups, like you know, building race cars. Where I mean, they're they're ex- really expensive mm-hmm. for most of us, but um, yeah, grassroots. But the fact yeah. that, <laughs> but the fact that they have it out there, yeah, and, it's and, the, right. and they're 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 helping or they're creating a series using these cars. I mean, that's pretty, that's significant. And if and if Subaru could kind of you know, get a nudge to, to participate more in that way. I mean, I think that that might be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, the only thought that cruised in my head there, and it's another pipe dream, is that I wish Subaru would just become Dirty Mazda. Mm. Where Mazda is like the, just the weird little tarmac drivers, enthusiast cars. Sure. Yeah. I want Subaru just to like, just give up on being a good company like Mazda and just right. be the shitty little dirt persons enthusiast cars and then just yeah the outbacks are cool like there's a whole like subset of subaru people that like overlanding that yeah. probably wouldn't like this move although maybe they would be wrapped up in it too you know yeah yeah you know you just you start getting i don't know i'm wandering off in my head because now the future is so weird and like the one thing that constantly is kind of in the back of my head as we have this conversation is that nothing that you expect to happen will happen, and then something you don't expect to happen will happen all of a sudden. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah. So when we, we sit there and we ham and haw about what the future of this is or that is or whatever, and there's a, a bomb waiting to drop somewhere right now that's something we don't expect, and that's the only thing that's guaranteed in this whole thing. 
Uh, the, the, the only thing you can expect is the unexpected. Yes. Yeah, and it happens fast. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, good stuff usually can be derived from whatever this stuff is. Um, I mean, take Priuses, right? They have a weird little niche, have like, tuner market in, right, in right. themselves, right? You know, so you take the most unexpected little niches of, of car culture... And they find a way to survive in whatever little cockroach hole they have to hide out in for a while, right? Yeah. So it's don't don't paint it um, in too bright a light there. Yeah, yeah. but we're I mean we're a, we have been since the '70s a dying breed, right? Um, mm-hmm. Car people to some mm-hmm. extent. It mm-hmm. changes, it moves, it's this and that. It you know kids these days just don't get it, and back in my day it was better. Will forever be. Um, that that is that is basically mm-hmm. what every every car yeah. group of friends talks about. Right. Yeah. Whenever they get together, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, it'll be fine. I mean, it, it probably. I think. I think cares, the cars will fine. continue, yeah. but. I, I guess the the niche that I would say, is like what we were talking about earlier, is like to to build cars that. Are are built around optimizing the driver experience because that sure. seems to be what what is just getting chucked by the wayside at this yeah. point. Yeah. If Subaru CEO is still listening to this podcast after. When you lit the fire under his ass to get that STI out, yep. he probably got up right away and was like, "All right, guys." Yeah, John said I, I think we got to get this going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we got to get. We got twenty twenty six. Like we got two and a half years to do but, this. All right. But so right, yeah. After he finishes that project, yep. if he tunes back into this project, he's gonna he's gonna pick it back up. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. What I want, I have, I think hill climbing is the perfect, like rally cross, like the perfect venue for gravel hill climbing. For all-wheel drive electric vehicles, because it's short format right now, range is still a problem no matter what, mm-hmm. you know, space batteries are coming. Yes. Um, whatever this ESTI looks like, it would be awesome to have a crack at one to try and make into a race car and yeah. figure out what the hell's going on. I don't want to, um, necessarily, <laughs> but I, I do well, want to at the same time. But- it, it's a, it's a dunk, because even you look at the GR cars right and the yeah. fact that they were can bus and as simple as like trying to get rid of abs so you can actually slow down on those things you, you lose a lot yeah and that's a much older simpler car than an esti yeah, um yeah. but i think that to have that opportunity could prove the concept to subaru that they're still subaru and not just toyota light right what, what i would yeah. say to that is like looking at hill climbs like Pikes Peak Hill Climb is mm-hmm. a, is a good venue. Colorado Hill Climbs where you where you're on dirt to 100% agree to to maximize and showcase the potential of what you can do with the electric drive system with the ERA for instance with the four motors. I mean the possibilities of what you could do with a gravel hill climb electric car with an electric motor on each wheel mm-hmm. is huge. I mean I I think in one of the other podcasts I mentioned like you can have push button diff behavior. Like you don't have differentials. Like okay, I want one way front, two way rear. Right. One way front, one and a half way or rear. Or map it based map on it. GPS location. You could, oh, you, man. Could, you could create the yeah. behavior of whatever differentials you want if you mm-hmm. had a motor on each wheel, and and the advantage that you could, the, how you could use that to your advantage in a gravel hill climb, is almost limitless. Yeah. But you've got to think you'd have to build the car and then bring it to that environment to showcase that ability. Right. But I think that they have that hundred percent. They absolutely should do that. Like they have not, other than than their 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 picked motorsports, you know, rallycross and and ARA rally, they're not really bringing anything out to any of these other motorsports 
showcase. And look at ARA, they're using arguably old cars, old tech. I mean, they're at least on direct injected motors for the last you know several years and stuff like that. But it's not super relevant to Subaru anymore, and yeah. ARA hasn't been for some time. Um, well, that's and honestly, like with this move and the prioritization of moving to electric, I, we, we talked to. We talked about, I think, when, when the STI was killed off, I'm like, okay, well, is Rally still going to be relevant if Subaru doesn't have an STI? And mm-hmm. now if they're really pushing hard to elect, to move to electric, and, and again, I think, you know, Subaru being a small company, you don't have a lot of financial money that you can throw at all of the, you, you cannot you cannot spread your, your bet and, and invest in all sure. of these different possibilities. If you're really going to move to electric, what does that look like? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's does, does that mean that they that they down like they downsize their? It's all been a early... perception game for a long time, anyways, right? Sure. Um, even at the high level, but take ARA. Even when the STI was still cruising around with EJs, Vermont Sports Car was getting their you know competition cars and putting FAs in them and stuff like that, right? You know they've been on direct injected two liters since long for before the EJ was was gone. Yeah. Um, so it's. The perception of being involved in motorsports is what Subaru is getting out of that deal with Vermont Sports Car. Yeah. Right? Sure. Uh, and I don't know. I'm not involved with either of these companies. And this is with all due respect to both of these companies because thank you for keeping American rallying alive. Um, right. I mean, uh, if, Subaru, if Subaru was not participating to the degree that they would... It would truly be the backwood shit show that we well, all... Well, I don't know that the area would even it. exist. I mean, there was... <laughs> well, it was Rally America before, and Rally America was, was having difficulties. That's where the ARA came yeah. from. Yeah. Um, every, like, the, the Subaru moved over to ARA, and ARA is what now exists, but if Subaru wasn't there... And we'll see, with the WRC coming back to America, what that means sure. um, for manufacturers' involvement in this, too. And unfortunately, the loss of Ken Block maybe was the last, to use a probably poorly timed analogy, the last nail in the coffin for American Rally, right? But no, I don't yeah. think so. I don't know. I mean, he, he single-handedly brought millions of dollars into American Motorsports. That's true. He brought, okay. he million, brought, he brought of dollars. Space. And, yeah. and Travis Pastrana is not is not running it this year. No, because he's been focused on his own series, right. um, which allows him to be more Travis Pastrana-y. Right. Um, you know, Brandon Semenuk is a amazing mountain biker um, and then a pretty good driver who has good backing, right? Um, yeah. So, with... It's all been about the perception stuff, right? You know, mm-hmm. 100% of the way through, and right, outside of just ARA, the WRC as well, right? These aren't, the, the you know, Rally 1 Yaris is not a Yaris in any. It's the same space, right. space right, right, you right. know, space frame chassis that the other manufacturers are using with Yaris-esque bodywork on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then some Toyota parts in the drivetrain. Right. Um, motorsports parts even at that, not, not a... Any, this is a gross oversimplification of what is a really complex subject. Yeah. But at the the top end there, those motorsports have all been about being perceived. The corporate involvement in those motorsports is about being perceived as being involved with that, you know, user base, right? Um, well, maybe let's let's frame yeah. it this way. Subaru realizes that the participation in motorsports is important to a part of its brand. For a pretty low investment at this point, right, right, but but they're still doing it, and they they would not have continued to do it 
if they didn't feel that it was important. I mean, it, um, their rally heritage, that type of performance of that vehicle, I think they 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 see that it's a value, and yeah. obviously they're still doing it, and it's it's something like you know, but the overlanding. Well, Subaru can build these cars that can go really fast under roads. Well, if I've got the Outback or Forester or Ascent or something. Right that I want to go camping with, well, they probably know how to make that car work well in this environment too. Yeah. So there, there's, I mean, I'm not saying that there's a direct line there, but certainly Subaru sees a value in doing it because if they didn't, why would they have continued to do it? But look at, and I'd be curious, I don't know every in and out of Subaru's corporate, you know, dealings and stuff like that. They haven't had a factory effort in some very long time, right? Right. It's all been satellite deals. Um, well, I mean, you could argue, I mean, ProDrive wasn't, part of Subaru. I mean, so, I mean, really, right. even their WRC effort was kind of a satellite. And that had pretty hefty factory involvement, at least, sure. especially, and I don't know, Vermont's, you know, um, yeah. dealings or whatever like that, right, too. But but from the outside looking in, the impression I have is that Subaru just gives a handful of parts and cars to Vermont Sports Car, and they're like, all right, have fun this year. Right. Um, and it's the, yeah. same, the same kind of thing. I mean, Vermont sports car seems to be very standalone, like ProDrive. I mean, look yeah. at their e-car, right? It's a Vermont yeah. sports car product. Right. Um, it, it's right. not a Ascent with e-motors in it or something like that, right? Or, um, so I'd be curious then, like what, like in the uh, AP rally stuff like that, the AP4 cars, like the Crosstrek that was over there, I'd be curious how much of the factory involvement there was there mm-hmm. or... Probably, though, Subaru's largest actual factory involvement in motorsports is, like, the Nürburgring run, maybe? Right? Yeah, with the STI. Well, or, no, the uh, the um, Super GT over in Japan where they're running the BRZ. Oh, that's true. They're still, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. I mean, but but that's, that's not one even car. Drive chassis. <laughs> no, well, um, but, it, but it's the BRZ. Right. And it is, it is based on the BRZ, but there's only, there was only one, now there's two of them because they've got the new body style. They finally won the championship, which is amazing. Um, and, um, but is that a true factory effort? Like, is that coming out of STI's garage? That is, STI yeah. is fully supporting, and so building and supporting that. that and the Nürburgring car maybe are the only Subaru yeah. factory efforts in motorsports that exist. And so Current, it's curious yeah. and it, I would love to hear from Subaru directly because that means 75% of their car sales are here, but a hundred percent of their motorsports investment dollars are not where well, their market is. Well, I mean, is. they're, they're, they're probably writing a reasonably large check to Vermont Sports Car to keep all of that going and they're they're sure. the title sponsor for the ARA. I think we can I think we could say that the the investment or the priority of the ARA versus the Nürburgring 24-hour challenge and then uh, the uh, GT300 BRZ I think they're those are all Subaru funded. It's probably Subaru of America which is funding the Vermont Sports Car and ARA, and then Super Japan, which is doing um, mm-hmm. the, the GT300 BRZ. I don't know I don't know where the Nürburgring comes in. I think that's actually tied in with STI as well. I think Japan is involved, Super Japan is involved with that car in its development also. And watching those videos, this guy said STI badges on. Yeah. You know, like it seems employment. Like. So. Yeah. It, so I guess to bring it all around, Subaru, if you really want to get back to your roots, give me an ESTI and I'll help climb it. That's fair. That is fair. I would love to see that, really. I think the potential <laughs> is huge there with like what you could do with the motors and all that for you yeah. like hill climb and all the things that in that that realm would just yeah. be a perfect setup. You know, and slowing it down, you know, with 
not just with a brake pedal, but using like, you know, for you know, from construction where I came, you know, hydrostatic type technology where you, you lift and now you're, you're slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would really be huge to upset the car to get it to rotate and all that. Yep. And yeah. toughness too, right? I mean, it's something that the like rallycross cars are touching on, but I don't know of another electric vehicle that is getting like durability testing of a rally type yeah. right. environment. Um, and honestly, like durability testing in a harsh environment, like that—that yeah. that is justification for like, okay, whatever this early STI electric STI is going to be, like electric rallycross would be an awesome platform to test it. You know, like and showcase what what can be done, the possibilities of the platform. It all comes back to using motorsports as the showcase. Yes. You can't you cannot lose sight of how important a showcase motorsports is. Like this is this is possibly your point about like gravel hill climbs, you know, it showcasing the possibility there. And keeping the enthusiast in mind with the product versus just letting letting Hal drive the car and all that jazz. Like yeah. there's if if you want to keep people interested in cars, you have to keep the cars interesting. Yes. And that all comes down to one person in the right place. And throughout history, it's routinely come down to one person in the right place in order to keep motorsports going. Mm. So hopefully, yeah, electrification of Subaru is uh, the way of the future for Subaru motorsports. I I think that it's, I'm excited about the move because I think they have to make this kind of a shift to stay relevant like 10 years from now. Like if they they put all their eggs... Yeah, if they put all their eggs in an internal combustion engine basket and didn't make any kind of moves towards hybrid or electric, like, what does, what, would Subaru even be around in five to ten years? They might just get gobbled up by, you know, Ford. somebody else. Volkswagen. Toyota. Um, but I think this gives them the best chance to have their own identity and to do it their way. And I think we've pretty well laid out what we would recommend as far as their, their prioritization for the process. So, yeah. But if you've stuck around with us to this point, let us know what you think. Put it in the comments. Let us know um, what do you think about this move that Subaru's doing. And uh, do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing? Do you think it has potential of both? What do you think they need to do? Write your congressman. Tell him to tell Subaru to get me an ESTI. Yes, let's get right. Tasso an we, ESTI. We need a, a letter writing campaign or an email campaign to get OTC Racing an ESTI for testing. And the and I'm gonna, best... need a, I'm gonna need a bigger multimeter too. Okay. Because I don't think mine can do that much. And a multimeter. Yeah. Well, and we a get, multimeter. If, a we, if we get the ESTI, maybe we can figure out. The My laptop computer. only has one USB port too. I feel like I'm gonna need more USBs. Okay. To tune this. It's free Wi-Fi, probably. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Well, yes. Thanks very much <laughs> for watching. This is probably as good a place to end as any. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support as always. And until next time, stay tuned to Flatter Tuning. All right. Just now outtakes. Now I'll take yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, so, so let us know what you really think. All right. The silence speaks volumes. Long drawn the coffee. <sighs> Caffeine is starting to percolate through the brain. I drove a GR and actually wasn't horrible on dirt. Yeah? A GR what? I don't know. Wagon. Oh, a GR oh. wagon. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was like a GR cross. Oh, no, I want no, to know. Not a, not a Toyota GR. So maybe everything I believe in isn't true. Thanks everyone for tuning in to the Flatiron Syndicate Motorsports Podcast. Once again, we'd like to let you know that your support is what makes this show possible. Be sure to check out our online store at flatironstuning.com 
for any of your aftermarket or OEM Subaru parts needs. And as always, stay tuned with Flatirons Tuning.